day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 80 of Shop Talk. It's Carrie. And Jennifer. And we are back to recap 516 of The Rookie and 116 of The Rookie Feds. We finally got our Valentine's Day episodes this week, and it was it was great to see some of the relationships shine through while they still had some pretty tough cases to handle. But yeah, they were still they were overall good episodes, I thought. Yeah, I I mean I didn't feel there was a lot going on, but I didn't feel like it was like other episodes where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't pay attention. Like no. It was evenly balanced, I guess. Yeah, like the rookie kind of felt like a flashback's not the right word. It's going to be one of those nights, apparently. Um, Like a throwback episode, kind of, in a way. Like it had elements of other um, episodes that we've previously seen. So Yeah. I also liked how for the rookie, at least, it was all done like through the body cams. Mm -hmm. At least like when they were on the scenes and stuff. So it was cool. Yeah, Feds was such a mood, though, for Valentine's Day. Like, more, almost more than the rookie in a way, just because it was, like, funny. It wasn't, yeah. like, angsty. It was just funny. Wait, wasn't this episode description that was, like, oh, no, oh, no, no. The last episode was when Carter and Brendan were, like, having trouble with their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that should have been in the rookie's episode description <laughs> this week. Like, they just yeah. left. Like but. everyone has turmoil. <laughs> yeah. Basically. But I mean, I feel like that's how relationships are. Like it's not yeah. every day that's gonna be perfect. And it very well could be on Valentine's Day that it's not. So yeah. Yeah. We do have some news. Uh we have episode descriptions for episode 17. Uh so 517 of the rookie airs next week titled The Enemy Within. And now that Elijah and Abril have become allies, the team must rely on Monica, Elijah's lawyer, to uncover their plans. Meanwhile, officers Nolan and Juarez reopen her sister's case and discover a discrepancy that leads them on a new trail. So they go from, like, hating Monica to being, like, we have to work with you. I mean, okay. I guess if they're they're that desperate to get, yeah. you know, like, they gotta do what they gotta do. I think I said that in the tweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's yeah. important to note that this is a crossover. Yeah. Well, supposedly. I mean, like, because yeah. people, like, always on Twitter are like, oh, they say that. But then it, like, never is. Like, the right. one from was it just last week felt like more of a crossover yeah yeah i know it's always when they hype them up that it never feels like a crossover but then when it's just like not really in the promo or episode description it's like oh okay now this feels like a crossover like it's so weird i mean i don't know i mean i don't mind i just call them like mini crossovers yeah i don't really like think of it as like a you know, well i mean it's definitely not on like a you know chicago level crossover. yeah yeah, I know. I think that's what I, like, compare it to. So I'm like, is this a crossover, though? Because we only have two shows, but then I'm also like, right. no, it is a crossover. Yeah. But it is more of a crossover when there are more characters in it than just one. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, we got the Rookie Feds description, which I'll talk about next, like, way before we got the Rookie mm-hmm. episode description. So I was like, I didn't realize that the two were going to be 
supposedly interwoven until the promo yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. It'll be interesting too, because for the Roslyn one, they took down Roslyn on the rookie and then it just mm-hmm. like carried over into Fed. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see, do they take down Elijah on this one? Or is it just like they kind of get on his trail and then like lose him? You know, well, and like do they the take down Elijah it... on Feds? Yeah, like the problem made it seem like maybe like even though Elijah and Abril are working together, it's like I feel like Feds will like have to deal more with like Abril since like yeah. her operation, which kind of makes sense though, because her operation's like not localized to solely Los Angeles, you know? Yeah. Since she was in Guatemala a lot. I'm also interested to see uh, Selena's storyline with her sister's yeah. case. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, uh, like I had mentioned, uh, we got the Rookie Feds description a while back. But uh, just a reminder, it's uh, called Payback. And Garza and the team are on the hunt for a ruthless gang leader on a mission for revenge. Atlas comes to town to reconnect with Laura, but the two cannot seem to see eye to eye. And Simone and Carter grapple with letting go of old grudges. And Robert Bella directed this episode of The Rookie Feds, so that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Because it doesn't mention anything about working with the LAPD and the Feds description, so it'll be interesting. Nor does it really mention Feds in The Rookie, so. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. And I love that we've gotten a lot of either bigger crossovers, like, you know, the ones that they piped up or even just like littler ones, you know, with Mm -hmm. Angela going over to feds or feds going over to the rookie. I love that we've gotten that so much this season. So, yeah. Um, And then it's also important to note that March 7th begins a hiatus for both shows. So not next week, obviously, but the week after um, and the press site lists that episode 10 of the rookie, uh, which is the list. And then the rookie feds episode, um, Sil- the silent prisoner is airing on March 7th. So you can rewatch Chenford's first date and Brendan freak out over the possibility of Antoinette and Clark or Carter being an item, which is so funny now, just knowing that mm-hmm. Carter and Fortune are a thing. So. Right. No, I know. Yeah. It's hilarious. And just, like, with all the Tenford content we've gotten since yeah. their date and then redo date, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric and Rosalind obviously have their podcast out, uh, so be sure to check that out. Apparently, like, people were posting, like, a little snippet, and Eric had said they're filming the second-to-last episode right now, uh, so... 522 is next which means the end of filming is almost here so yeah that's kind of nuts um i know so yeah. crazy well because like I... we haven't heard that much from feds so it's like yeah it's interesting that we got kind of that timeline reference for the rookie yeah it's so crazy because like i think i saw something for like Chicago PD and they're on episode 16 at this or 18 at this point at least that's Mm -hmm. what the slate had said so Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just it's so crazy that like these shows are already like close to finishing filming and we still have I mean at least like 
five or six episodes to still watch like maybe even less than that like it's just so crazy and i i don't want it to end but i'm also like they deserve a break they deserve vacation yeah well especially since they started early like they were like july yeah ish so yeah but i don't know i like kevin's been good about sharing like behind the scenes things on his ig stories for uh feds though so that's been fun to see yeah but yeah i mean that pretty much i don't know i know people are gonna be like oh no we're gonna have a hiatus like and also we don't really know what we're doing <laughs> for the hiatus yeah. yet either yeah we, <laughs> so, we don't but we'll keep you guys updated of that <laughs> when we figure it out we might like watch some old like work that the actors have been in yeah. like carrie's never seen Airbud, which was like one of kevin's like first movies so we should watch that yeah i I don't know we we don't know we really don't so if you have any ideas of what you would like us to cover or talk about send them to us because we would Mm -hmm. love to kind of get out of our comfort zones in a way obviously not too out of our comfort zones but (laughs) yeah there so I think that's it that we have on the news. Do you want to start us off on the rookie breakdown? Yeah. Um, the rookie episode was like crazy. Like I get why it was called exposed. Like they're just like so like literally and like in a way kind of figuratively for the relationships, mm-hmm. like with people lying to each other and like, do you know, being kind of sneaky and like, yeah, it's a yeah, good episode title. But oh my gosh, there's so much going on. Um. And so we're going to start off with the uh, militia slash, well, what they thought was a meth lab, which turned in, turned out to be a sarin gas. Um, but anyway, so it starts, um, Lucy gets a distress call from her um, UC school, like training buddy, uh, Noah Foster, and he needs a like covert rescue. So she goes in and like she's posing as his like girlfriend. Um and Tim, I thought it was so funny how Tim was like crouched in the back of the truck. I know. <laughs> Though I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and so they both go in. I thought it was nice that Tim was, you know, like ready to back Lucy up, regardless of what time it was or what, you know, they were he's like, just, yeah. I'm obviously not letting you go in alone. Right. I'm like, well, why would you? And if you did, that would be really, like, shitty of you. So. Of course. But also, Um, like, I'm still not past the moment of them, like, sleeping in the same bed. Like, obviously, I knew that that was going to happen. And that's, like, canon for them. But, like, I didn't expect to see it. It's cute. It is. It's cute. And I love that we opened the episode with it. I was like, wow, well, Mm -hmm. I'm just not focusing about anything else. (laughs) on this episode apparently so (laughs) yeah yeah um and so they do manage to get um like noah out of there and because i guess he's been under for about a month with this militia group or this extremist group called the army of freedom and so which oh by the way i was so happy to be right about it being kyle schmidt that played uh noah i was oh my gosh i was like dying because it was bugging me for like 
I mean, not like ages and ages or anything, but I was just like so determined. I was like, no, this has to be him. Like, the minute that the Chunford sneak peek came out, you like Instagram DM'd <laughs> me and you were like, if I'm, I think I'm right, but I think this is the guy that was in like this and this. And I was like, wait, why does his name sound familiar? I was like, oh yeah. yeah I don't know. I messaged you about all the stuff he'd been in and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Like, I don't know him from anything newer, but I know him from, like, older stuff. And mm-hmm. so the minute that you had to say, I think it was, like, Cheetah Girls or something, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so they do get uh Noah out, and he apparently has to go, like, brief his team, but then um, because he's, he's overheard something, but they don't exactly know what, um, but he'll need a local assist later. So Tim offers up mid Wilshire for him to use. And then of course we got the hot pants comment, which cued sort of jealous Tim in a way. Cause he's like, yeah. I don't know what that means. And just like the fact that Lucy had like, I don't even know what to say. Like, talked about Tim to Noah in a way that made it seem like they were already together before they were actually together. It was, like, crazy to me. I was like, whoa, girl. I also want to know where the nickname Hot Pants came from. Like, yeah, I don't know. I need to know. Noah, come back and tell us, please. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I mean, mostly because I wouldn't mind seeing, like, Kyle on ABC again. So. Yeah. But I don't know, like, it was just kind of, I don't know, like, because someone else I think had posted on Twitter that, like, maybe it's just, like, not even, like, a jealousy thing with Tim, but just, like, a, he doesn't, like, socially interact with people in the same way as Lucy does, kind of. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, he doesn't really, he's not, like, a super joking kind of person or, like, one that will make up nicknames for people and stuff. So, I don't know. I thought that was just an interesting, like, take. And so, we cut, well, a few more scenes happen. We cut back over, um, and the, uh, there's this meeting that everyone's attending, and um, Noah's a part of it, because two weeks ago, his department brought down the well the army of freedom's meth lab so they're gonna need a new one and he apparently overheard them talking about sourcing chemicals for it but his main contact uh vince jameson hasn't gotten back to him yet like his mia essentially and so gray had said well if anyone sees the truck that they're looking for then they'll stop them and call the bomb squad because if that truck is carrying these dangerous chemicals then you know one wrong move and you know whole blocks could go up um and so in order to make this all work tim's gonna ride with uh lucy and noah today because apparently the last time gray needed metro to get there quickly they did not so he doesn't want any more delays and he wants to get this off the streets as soon as possible so that's why tim's back in like regular uniform i love how gray like kind of gave him shit about it too yeah and tim was like you're not wrong so yeah yeah and 
so while they're kind of we have like a lot of people out and about looking for this um like Nolan and Selena then are discussing the fact that like she wants to access her sister's murder file but he tells her that he can't do that because what's in those files is like really intense mm-hmm. and like not something that he not something that he thinks that she should see um but if we know anything about Selena she's nothing if not persistent so mm-hmm. um she really will keep at it like trying to convince him of this and there were just so many things so, like then we got the like sneak peek that we saw earlier about um Angela and Nyla going to channel 13 then like everyone turns over to channel 13 to hear them talk about um you know how Angela thinks it's like creepy that um James's mom watches Nyla's uh daughter Leah in the baby Mm -hmm. monitor and then Angela's going on about the you know hot British woman that showed up at their door for the security detail and just and then we have selena being like oh no i would shut that down so fast and nolan being nolan it was so funny though because he was like oh i'm sure you guys are overreacting and angela's like uh no <laughs> <laughs> like wesley's not you know as innocent as yeah everyone. and tim's just like i've had enough of this everyone we need to focus mm-hmm. it reminded yeah. me of the scene where remember when Angela was like Nyla tell me how birth's gonna be mm-hmm. and Grace like why why are you guys yeah. doing this like mm-hmm. I, more people exactly. got involved in this one but like it was yeah. just funny I love that I love those moments and I love that it's yeah. always Angela and Nyla doing it yeah they always like started off and like even Aaron got in on it because he's like well what's what's her name like I want to know uh-huh. so I can see a picture and I was like dude yeah. <laughs> you're so desperate but it's so funny Um, but like also I just hope that like at one point or maybe even now Lucy and Tim would do it like well they're not on the same radio frequency though I would think like you know like if they're flirting or something and someone's like oh my god you two like shut up or like get a room or something like oh my god that would just be so cute I mean yes true although we did I mean you know we got like a little bit of it with the you know what are your valentine's day plans kind of thing yeah and whatnot um and tim was even like i'm not discussing that or no lucy yeah i was gonna say lucy yeah i was kind of surprised that lucy was like nope we are not discussing it but maybe it's because she kind of sensed that tim was a little bit tense already so she was probably like um even though i might want to divulge a little bit of this info i'm Mm -hmm. not going to right now that or they had some like good plans for that night (laughs) I mean, we saw that at the end. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, judging by the end scene, it sounds like they did. So, um, yeah, and so we hear Gray over the radio asking um, John and Nyla, along with Selena and Aaron, to divert back to the station because they have a different urgent matter, which I will get to uh, later. And so the rest of the, um, the rest of them, though, are still on this militia case and so uh chenford and noah like the dispatch flagged a or the dispatch said that 911 had flagged a call from vince and he is heard saying that you know he he's dying he they left him there he doesn't 
you know, he needs, he needs help. And, um, and Lucy's like, okay, you you guys got to give us the address so we can get to him. And they, uh, pull up to this warehouse, they go in, they're, you know, searching for him and they find him too late, obviously. Um, and then obviously meth didn't do that to Vince's body. Um, exposure to chemicals did and so we well we first saw dr morgan with the other thing that Mm -hmm. the other storyline that i'll get to later but um she's brought back in and i thought it was interesting that like tim's first guest was the sarin gas yeah that he kind of knew and then of course you know he was like well i can't tell you it's classified like how i know about it previously so um yeah but it they kind of they're kind of stumped for like a lead for a little bit um but then noah suggests contacting vince's sister to see if she can kind of help them out in a way or that they can get some kind of information from her and so cut back over um like you had said earlier there was a lot of like was done through body cams and shop mm-hmm. cams and we had a lot of shop talks in this episode yes. as well so um cut back over and uh john had received selena's file so or her sister's file and so maybe there's a detail that they missed but only once they take a look it'll tell them if the investigators had any bias or if there was something that really that seemed minor at the time but maybe could lead to something more major to help solve the unsolved case and so we cut back later over to Chenford and Noah again and I just thought it was funny how he was like okay like hook me up as in like handcuff him yeah again i was like i didn't know what he was talking about at first i was like what is, like what like hook you up for what i was just so confused but yeah right so um just so they can make it seem like he's um like one step ahead of uh vince's sister and in giving info um and tim and lucy are the ones that uh question uh Raylan I think is her name um about knowing more than she's letting on because she originally was like no I don't know anything about what my brother did or didn't do like he you know whatever he was into I was not a part of I know nothing about it um and she kind of spots Noah off to the side with another officer and says well why don't you ask him like he was the last person that you know Vince was with and that I knew that Vince was with and Lucy's like, well, we can't because he's lawyered up. So um, they hope that they have spooked her enough to make a call. And uh, she did. And she's demanding to know what happened to her brother. And um, this this other radicalist named Clint um, said that he is Pico heading to Union Station and it'll all be over in 30 minutes. So they have 30 minutes half an hour to track down this to track down the freaking truck that has all these dangerous chemicals on it Mm -hmm. and stop them from releasing the um gas 
So they obviously have airships, which that's good that they have them because um, they're the ones that spot the truck with the blue stripe at first. And um, Gray had told them over the radio that they need to divert it to Mission Road where a roadblock's being set up. And so Nyla and Aaron kind of, I don't even know what the heck to call what they did. They like pulled up in front of like the car that was in yeah. front of the truck, like not the truck, but another car um, just to kind of make it known that there was a police presence there mm-hmm. to kind of spook uh, the driver into turning onto Mission Road. And once even though the driver is within their roadblock now and they have people like LAPD, all like SWAT, all the like um what are they called? Like the spikes in the um on the ground and everything yeah. set up, the driver still begins to shoot at the drone that the LAPD is directing at him. Right. And I was like was so weird. Dude. Cause like John was even like over the um uh pa or whatever the uh, speaker he was like shooting at us is only going to make it worse for you releasing the gas is only going to harm you like because he's the only ones in the truck right now um and so they finally do get him to turn off the truck and step out and they get him into custody and we get a well i guess we'll see more of it next week with selena Mm -hmm. um and her sister's case but uh we do get somewhat of a closure here with the fact that nolan will help selena be ready to kind of open the door to her sister's case yeah Um, he did take a quick look at the file and the pictures were pretty intense so it's kind of something that she needs to be prepared for but when she is ready she'll take on the case and he'll be there to help so I like I like their dynamic I like that he was able to like I don't know just sympathize and Mm -hmm. um, but also kind of be like a voice of reason for her too yeah Yeah. exactly yeah so that was kind of it for the militia slash gas lab thing going on yeah but that wasn't even all because like the call (laughs) that nolan and nyla and selena and aaron were diverted to Uh was where we first saw dr morgan and it's about the ebola and quarantine because apparently three travelers from lax were exposed to ebola and they were not properly well they might have been exposed and they weren't properly quarantined so they're now just, you know, roaming around Los Angeles, minding their own business. Um, and so their names are Matthew Northrop, Kip Sherborn, and Robert Betts. And they were passengers who were flying back to L.A. from Nigeria. And uh, Dr. Morgan tells them that they need to be tracked down and taken to St. Stephen's for quarantine. They've only got about five hours to find them. And I'm like, gee, no pressure. Like, yeah. Yes whatever like you're just running around la no big yeah. deal i think it was john right that was like this is, this is normal tuesday for us yeah and i was like wow yeah yeah um and but the ambulance and like hazmat uh people will meet them at each location so they'll take the necessary precautions obviously and 
poor Selena doesn't want her mom to worry about her because she asked John later when they're in the shop if like this will be on the news and everything and she's like oh no well that's okay I'll just send you know some old pictures of me at the beach and say it's my day off um Mm -hmm. and so part of the reason that she wants to look into her sister's case more and have access to the file is for her mom because yeah part of the reason why her mom hasn't left the house is you know just because every person she sees you know thinking like is that him is that who killed my daughter like so she's obviously still dealing with a lot from that and so but she also kind of wants it for her own peace of mind too so that's why uh john agrees to get her the file but that's why he also was like well no i'm gonna read it first before i pass it on to you yeah so i feel like selena's storyline is kind of or yeah at least like her background is kind of like adam ruzak's like in the first season of pd because he's lying to his fiance about Mm -hmm. what he really does Mm -hmm. and she's lying to her mom about what she really does like Mm -hmm. i don't know selena i can only imagine she must have like folders of like photos to like send to her mom you know like stock for this and like you know (laughs) office office looking pictures or you know stack of random papers or something and make it seem like it's paperwork like Like, does she spend her off time just like taking pictures to send her mom like when she's on her next shift like i don't know also do we know if she lives with her mom or that's true i don't know i feel like they might have said it before like that her mom just lives alone and selena lives on her own too but i don't remember well because like her mom her mom has the birds to keep Mm -hmm. her company (laughs) yeah so yeah like i I mean even if she lived with her mom selena wouldn't be able to get away with the line for very long because how does she explain the long days you know yeah so and so they well selena and uh john kind of met up with lafd which includes bailey um and they tracked down uh matthew who is cheating on his wife with his mistress but the mistress didn't know that he was married so that was a lot to talk about while neither of them like barely had any clothes on i was like yeah. can we not do this right now yeah like, and not out on the front lawn but also no. yeah because he's been infected with ebola or yeah. possibly has it at least yeah and i was just like i i was like <laughs> i love how john was like we're gonna give you a moment to like pack up some clothes and i was like good because i need a moment to like un i wish i could unsee what i just saw like it was just so weird i was like yeah so awkward well and like i don't know him just coming out of the house like yes there was a reason for it but also like he didn't have to go that far out i guess Yeah, because they asked him like do you live alone and he's like um (laughs) you the woman Uh walking out and i was like wow dude not good for you yeah so this the next one though was i mean even crazier like i couldn't imagine having that happen so i couldn't either yeah so they uh find kip going well he's in the elevator carrying some flowers at the hospital because his girlfriend's having a baby 
but which like he just came back from Nigeria, right? Yeah. So like why why are you going out of the country and that far away so close to her due date? I mean, I'm assuming that she was like at her due date. Yeah. During this, but yeah, I don't crazy. know cuz I don't think they said like what they did. Like right. I or um any of the three passengers like what they did. Yeah. Um for a living or anything, but yeah, I don't know why, but yeah, so he uh is stopped by Nyla and Aaron uh after he kind of gets off the elevator and uh and he poor guy was like oh well can you like make sure she gets these flowers and Aaron's like I'm sorry sir we have to quarantine these too because Mm -hmm. you touched them so cue the hazmat suits and they're leading him back into the elevator so they can take him to you know quarantine and so uh John's the one that kind of is well telling selena and therefore the audience gets to know that uh both kip and matthew tested positive but since they got since they got to them and put them in isolation before they exhibited any symptoms dr morgan is confident that the uh ebola stops with them little did she know (laughs) that was not the case i tweeted that like last night i was like well if she's confident then that means that it's not like totally gone because yeah. it's never that easy. No, it's not. Um, because then John was also like, although Robert's probably going to start exhibiting symptoms if he hasn't already. And so they, ha- I guess it was dispatch maybe, or someone was like, oh, well, he's on his way to work, but he doesn't like drive to work. He's takes a bus. Of course, they spot him as he's crossing the street, going to get on a bus, and he has headphones on and music blaring, so he doesn't hear John on the speaker being like, stop right there before he boards the bus. So, that's not good. Um, Definitely gave me, like, season one uh, finale vibes a little bit with the bus situation, because, like, Angela and Jackson had to go on a bus with the you know possible uh, suspect and I was just like wow don't need that again so I was kind Mm -hmm. of thankful in a way that it didn't you know come to that um because they were able to stop the bus and get it to pull over saying that you know no one gets on or off the bus and that they need Robert to come and speak with them so they can get him to quarantine but apparently Dr. Morgan's like, well, everyone else on the bus has to come too because they could have been exposed even in that short amount of time. So that's kind of is where it like, because it like went from the Ebola thing and then they like curved right back into the militia mm-hmm. slash, you know, explos- explosives on the right. truck type thing. So um they were in a way connected but not mm-hmm. by subject matter yeah <laughs> really. i was gonna say do you feel like they could have done without one of those main storylines with it being valentine's day and having like three other storylines well yeah because i thought like each little uh like i don't even know what to call it like division of i'm thinking of like a web i don't mm-hmm. know what to call it like the little 
whatever the little divisions of the web and it's like you got Tenford then you got Wolfez and you got Malin yeah. then you got um Jayla and I was like wow okay so we got like four separate little things mm-hmm. for Valentine's Day then we got the Ebola thing but oh wait nope we got all the three people from the Ebola things now we gotta yeah. veer off and go back to the the truck and the militia and I was like what <laughs> yeah I know I feel like they're just like I mean I love it that they're jam-packing yeah. these episodes with action but I'm also like I feel like there's just one too many storylines sometimes like yeah, this I mean, one I just I there was know. four side storylines with the ships and mm-hmm. then two main I'm like there only needs to be one main there doesn't even have to be a main like I will <laughs> love every single storyline with all the ships like yeah I love that well in a way that's what I kind of thought like feds did a little bit better mm-hmm. it was like showcase more of the ships yeah yeah oh. but even then they still had like kind of two main-ish cases going on mm, yeah that's true so. they did yeah so but yeah so that kind of ends that ends the as as you so nicely put it the two main storylines for the rookie and we'll get into the side relationship storylines uh for valentine's day which, which should fun. not have been side storylines i'll just no. say that right now like but we did get a good amount of them you know it wasn't just like oh at the beginning and end yeah but like how could they expect us to like focus on anything else and they start the episode off with jennifer like literally sleeping in bed together it was like oh my gosh i saw someone tweeted today and i like retweeted it on my personal account i think and they were like you just know that they fell asleep like touching each other and i'm like well i didn't (laughs) until just now but thank you (laughs) I was like, you know what? <laughs> I needed that Chunford brain rot to just spiral even more. Yeah. So I just they were like, cute. Yeah, they were cute. I just like I just don't know how people like pretend to sleep. I know. <laughs> when you know that like cameras are filming you, it's so bizarre to me if I think about it too much. I literally just could never be an actor. I, I could <laughs> never because between like sexy time scenes being so (laughs) technically rehearsed to hitting your comedy marks right on time like right i just i could well even like that behind the scenes with uh nathan that like video that the rookie account posted um a few days ago it was like they showed like all the marks and i was like oh (laughs) i didn't realize they had to stand that close to each other like jenna was like two steps away but it's so crazy because like they'll do that for all the rehearsing but then like when they actually go to film it, they take off all the tape. I'm like, I wouldn't remember where I'm supposed to stand yeah, if I'm doing no, like I'd 20 like, scenes. Oh, is it by that tile? No, uh-huh. it's by this mark in the floor. Yeah. Never mind. Like, because I noticed that in the one with the feds where they were doing mm-hmm. like behind the scenes versus the actual scene, and I was like, they removed the tape. Like when they're actually filming, I'm like, I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, props to them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I just wing it every day with my normal job and <laughs> like my normal life that I don't know if I would be, I would be like I don't know I'm just here I'm winging it yeah. yeah um but then also though the fact that like Lucy and Noah like caught up at her apartment supposedly because Tim went back to sleep so he let Lucy sleep later because she was up chatting with yeah. Noah Therefore, there was no Valentine's Day breakfast that Lucy had planned for. I just need to know, like, what time they woke up, what time they got back. Like, you know, 
when was this? Because I doubt that Trenford was like asleep by 9 p.m. Maybe, no. but like, Doubtful. I don't know. Doubtful. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then, of course, Noah was riding with Trenford that day. Which I don't, again, I don't understand how they do it if you have, like, one actor, like, talking on the phone and then you have, like, the, like Eric and Melissa up in the front of the mm-hmm. car, like, having their own separate conversation. I yeah. just don't understand how they, like, keep everything straight so you can, like, do it, like, film the scene. Yeah. See, my thought was, um, so they were doing the militia storyline. I was like, okay, well, what if they like arrest someone and that militia person has been exposed to these chemicals? Like no one can be in close proximity with them. And you've got Noah sitting like right there. I'm like what? Now, obviously they call for backup, but like at first yeah. thought my brain was like that, that can't work. Like, yeah, that's not feasible, but mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Getting off on but, tangents. Uh, yeah. And so um, Tim's still a little bit like closed off because, like, earlier when Lucy had come up to him at the station, he was talking to another officer. And then when she asked him, like, what they were talking about, he's like, oh, it's nothing. And then when she asked him if he was fine or, you know, what's up, he's like, oh, no, everything's fine. I'm good. And so when she was like, well, you know, because everyone finds me adorable, right? And he just has like, deadpan yeah and i was like dude why (laughs) why not cool um i didn't really understand the point of having like noah mentioning that his girlfriend april broke up with him though like why couldn't he have just like led with the whole oh lucy have you done any more like undercover work right i didn't really i didn't i mean i guess maybe because it was kind of mimicking that, you know, possibly since Tim's being more closed off with Lucy in this episode and Noah was like, oh, well, April broke up with me because I was, you know, more closed off mm-hmm. with undercover work. Maybe that kind of paralleled. Yeah. Um, um. Did you ever get the feeling that Noah and Lucy could have like a spark and then that make Tim like jealous as in someone takes Lucy? I no? mean... I thought it was like I don't know because like their whole like joking around thing at the like when after the guys had left at the beginning of the episode and Tim got out of the car and everything um I don't know I mean I don't know because like Lucy had even asked though if he was jealous of course I don't actually mm-hmm. blame Tim though for not answering because literally Noah's like in the back of right. the shop so I'm yeah. like why is this conversation happening right now um so i don't know i mean well no because she was talking about tim Mm -hmm. apparently so much that noah was like oh you're that bradford at uc school yeah even when she was with chris you know so it's like i don't know because i feel like i think it was before the episode like because this was the sneak peek or whatever of the uh you know when she like went to go take care like help him with the uc or whatever people i think were saying they give off brother or sister vibes so like right away i was kind of like i mean chunford's good like they're solid nothing's yeah. gonna come in between them but no i didn't think like, anything i could kind of see them. 
But yeah, I could see like Tim being a little just like wary of it because he doesn't know this person, which doesn't make any sense. If he doesn't know this guy, why did they like he just like leave oh, whatever, I guess because he trusts Lucy and all that stuff. So because mm-hmm. nothing was going to happen with, you know, her and Noah. So I guess that makes sense. But I could also see like it's kind of random. Like you let this person. Of course, it's not his house. They're at, I'm assuming they were back at Lucy's apartment. So her her apartment, her rules kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so anyway. Um don't really know why they had to have the breakup thing, but Noah also asked Lucy if she's done any more undercover work and she mentioned that she did a few things, but then she's like, well, okay, really like the one case. And he said it'd be a shame if she didn't, you know, take the plunge. I'm assuming he's meaning like becoming under like doing undercover kind of as a full-time gig. Um and you can see a little bit of the tension that that his statement creates between her and Tim a little bit. Um and so later when Noah's on the phone, uh Lucy asks him what's been bothering him, and he finally tells her. It's because he found out that she went behind his back to get him the metro position. And he's like, well, how do you think that makes me look like, you know, he's like, my girlfriend has to solve all my problems for me. And he kind of, I don't know, I put mad in the outline, but like, that's not really the right word. Like, he got more curious about the we aspect Mm -hmm. of it. And she's like, no, 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 I meant me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and so I don't know, like. Maybe he just felt, I mean, yeah, kind of, like, blindsided, but then also just kind of, like, excluded because, right. if, like, kind of, basically everyone, I mean, even Smitty, for crying out yeah. loud, was, like, a part of the big, you know, get mm-hmm. Tim a new job plot. So, I mean, I kind of get it, but in a way, I also kind of get Lucy's whole, you know, sorry, not sorry thing. <laughs> right well then i'm like she was looking out for him like i yeah. get that too so mm-hmm. yeah uh and then at the end of the episode we have you know the scene that everyone's talking about and we posted mm-hmm. about on twitter at like 8 a.m in the morning because i had nothing else better to do the rookie kind of like spoiled this themselves because it was in that behind this or it was in like that look at our camera roller or something right and mm-hmm. it was like a mm-hmm. screenshot of lucy being in tim's office yeah so it was kind of it wasn't spoiled spoiled but it was kind of like oh what's going on here right. but then didn't we get something where it was like we got the like happy valentine's day and then you just see Tim yeah. or like it's like eric yeah. and melissa filming yeah that that's part, what it was but you don't see what he gives her mm-hmm. and i swear like the funniest thing though is that you still don't really know what the necklace looks like yeah (laughs) like i feel like it's almost one of those not like lockets but like one of those like just oval shaped things that maybe could be a locket like you can open it up and put something in there if you wanted to but i don't know it also looked a little bit too small to be that so maybe not um but yeah, so uh, Lucy uh, drops by his office to apologize, but she's sorry, not sorry, because she knew how miserable he was at his uh, liaison job. So, of course, she wanted to help, and she was kind of like, well, if it worked, then why not just, you know, 
like let it go and like t- right. essentially she's like why can't we just take the win and move on <laughs> yeah um and so tim accepts her non-apology and uh he gave her the valentine's day gift that uh he got for her which was a necklace and uh he puts it on her and then she you know asks if they should skip dinner and he's like no i'm hungry and you're gonna need that fuel for later so there's that which like chunford yeah it's like jeez and there was like this little i don't know if it was like intentional or not but just like there was this little like lilt in eric's voice like at the end like the tail end of like the later and I was like, dude, you're killing us. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I don't know. It was just like the extra, like just extra little bit of like, I don't even know what to call it. Like suggestiveness. I don't know. That's not mm-hmm. really a word. But yeah. So yeah, it was good. And um, so obviously, even though I know some people were like, oh, we didn't get a kiss or we didn't get, you know, this. I'm like, I don't even care. I just like seeing all the couples, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it was still good, I thought. And, you know, I mean, pretty much every couple had a little bit of angst uh, Mm -hmm. in this episode. So it wasn't like Chenford was, you know, overwhelmed by the amount of tension or anything. So, yeah. So for Balin... I honestly didn't really understand. <laughs> like, yeah. it was like, I thought it, I don't even know. Because um, it was some uh, article, I think. Was it like TV line or something um, that was like, oh, well, you know, if they even make it down the aisle because they have this, you know, major fight in the February uh I did not catch that episode. article. Yeah, it was like something like, yeah well they have to you know survive this big fight and i'm like this is their big fight like what <laughs> like I this was like the most random thing ever i was just like what is happening and then like even when they started the story i was like oh, okay bailey's taking this like important call at uh-huh. first and then i'm like what do you mean she's calling customer service yeah i was like for a bike like what is it even what it was just it was so random like i don't know i just thought about this but they could have had them like arguing over selena and like bailey being on selena's side about reading the file and john being like no i don't think that that should happen like there could have been so many other different like arguments and tensions didn't understand because i was like why do they even need a bike yeah (laughs) why would they even need a bike i don't understand i don't understand why like oh god but anyway so i mean i guess they all they needed everyone's tension to be a little bit different like chenford's was obviously about tim's job you know james and nyla's was about his mom and like lopez's was about elijah and all that but like this one was just weird like just random didn't understand because it was like literally they had like two scenes and that was like it for the fight yeah um and i mean yeah sure you could pick up on a little bit of like tension because you know even selena was like oh is it weird that bailey's here and john's like no it's good we're fine like we keep it you know professional at work which they do um and so anyway so they're on the way to work it's a joint briefing so 
um, they're going together and Bailey's on the phone with customer service and she wasn't making any progress with them. So John took the phone and resolved it uh, easily. And Bailey was like, uh, I was handling it. So she's obviously a little bit miffed that John took over the call. And so when Selena, um, you know, was kind of talking about Valentine's Day and John was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're going to keep it casual Mm-hmm. like between uh him and bailey and you know because valentine's day is the most dangerous day of the year and so he'll be exhausted when he gets home apparently yeah and i was like okay like wh- okay so you're not gonna have the energy to like say i'm sorry like two words right. or like what did that mean so i or was even just, like, like cook her dinner get yeah, takeout I was like, like geez dude like John I get it, the least also, romantic apparently. Yeah, I was like, "What? Like, what is happening?" I ugh, whatever. But then, okay, so he gets home, <laughs> and apparently Bailey's not mad at him anymore because she realized that this was their first fight, <laughs> and her lying about having a husband doesn't really count because it was one sided. This whole thing was just I, so weird. I can't wait to tell one of my coworkers because she's not a fan <laughs> of this relationship. <laughs> And so I can't wait to tell her that this big fight, then like the husband thing didn't even count because it's one-sided. And I'm like, what? Like that was like the like a major lie that yeah. she omitted to John. And it like, or, like really affected them more than whatever the heck this fight was. Yeah, like for a quarter of their relationship. So I don't understand how this that would whole... even this whole thing was just weird they could have thought about so many other things they've had like more heated fights than this yeah about like other things oh my god it was just so weird i yeah yeah. um and so john apologizes for his part in causing their first real fight and he needs to stop trying to fix everything and bailey needs to learn to ask for help more which is fair yeah but then also i just did i maybe because like last episode they were getting shot at and like Mm -hmm. taking you know like Like doing taking criminals down yeah so Mm -hmm. they just needed something like kind of like lighthearted is not the right word yeah lighthearted kind of kind of random yeah random which i feel like is very on brand for balin though like let's be real because again they didn't really have a normal valentine's day date because day you know didn't even really have their dinner because don was like no i'm not gonna help you cook and then they just picked her up and then they went you know off and so it was just random yeah side note though i would have loved to see an actual like valentine's date for any of these chefs Mm -hmm. chenford wopez any of them Mm -hmm. yeah fair and so for James and Nyla, which I thought it was funny how they had, um, like, once Bailey and John pulled up, then the next scene was, like, uh-huh. James and Nyla pulling up. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, and they were arguing about James's mother having access to the baby monitor to, like, watch Leah. And Nyla thinks it's creepy. James doesn't really see it that way. But then Nyla was like, okay, listen, your mom saw a robe in the background of the monitor. And like the only reason she saw this and mentioned it to Nyla later was because 
she saw it on the monitor while Nyla was breastfeeding. So yeah, that's definitely awkward. I was like, need she say more? I don't think so. That is awkward. It But like a robe in the background. Okay. Like Well, yeah, I didn't really understand. I yeah. maybe James's mom is just one of those mother in laws that comments on things. Like every because, little thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean I I think it's a little creepy, but I could see if like Nyla or if his mom was like watching Leah during the day and she just like had access to it on her phone for, you know, like that way she didn't have to be like watching the actual monitor, like the uh, tech device or whatever. But I mean, if she's just like at her house, like all the time and just like watching, that is creepy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, and then because like even Aaron made a sort of a good point of like when he and Nyla were riding together he was like well maybe if you invited her over like you know included her in more things and maybe she wouldn't mm-hmm. you know feel the need to kind of do this odd behavior and you know of course Nyla shut that down and he's like oh okay nope I didn't say anything I'm minding my own business now yeah um but she did kind of take his advice um although I thought it was so cute that James bought Nyla one of each like apology flower suggested by the mm-hmm. internet so he came into the station with like this giant bouquet for her i was like oh yeah that's so cute um and while nyla was like well you didn't have to get me some flowers and he's like i also took away my mom's access to the baby monitor and she's like okay now we're talking like that's <laughs> that's better and so she tells him that maybe they can invite his mom over for brunch on Sunday. So she did kind of take Aaron's advice in a way. Yeah. We've heard and we've seen Donovan's mom. We've Uh heard about James's mother, mom. Like, what about Nyla's parents? I want to learn about them. Did they mention them in the, whatever episode it was last season where they were going to get married? Or like the one where they couldn't, like, you know, if, if either of them died, then, like, they wouldn't, you know, leave their kids with know. Nyla's parents. But I'm sitting here and I'm thinking we've seen everyone else's parents, or at least a parent. We've seen Lucy's parents, Tim's dad, Nolan's mom. Well, we haven't seen Bailey's mom or dad, but Angela's mom, Wesley's mom, Jackson's dad. Like, okay, it's time to see Nyla's parents Aaron's or parent. Mom. Yeah. yeah. Selena's, Selena's mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen like Gray's parents, but we've seen his daughter. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's time. It's time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So that was kind of it for James and Nyla. Uh, for Wopez, starts off with Angela and Wesley being so out of sync. And then the doorbell rings and Angela's like, well, who the heck is that? Like, Mm -hmm. what else could possibly be going on this morning? And uh, it's their new private security person. And uh, their name is Charlie. Wesley mistakenly thought Charlie meant a guy's name. Turns out it's a girl. So Mm -hmm. you jealous Angela slightly, although not really. She's just more like, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> like this yeah, woman actually has qualifications to do it, and but she does, and uh, 
So Charlie's apparently staying at the house for the day with Wesley because he's off work uh, since the point really is to kind of keep, they want to make sure that Jack's kept safe uh, from everything. And so I like that we did get the phone call between, or what's the word I'm looking for? FaceTime uh, yeah. between Wesley and Angela because he's calling to say, you know, sorry and that he loves her and um you know, she kind of without thinking told him, Oh, they're you know, we're on top of the sarin gas thing and Wesley was like, Um, I was talking about the Ebola thing and she's like, Oh yeah, okay, sure, yeah, that and then, you know, she sees Charlie holding Jack in the background. So she's like, Okay, nope, why is this woman holding my kid? <laughs> Wesley's mm-hmm. like, Well, she was just, you know, she's good with uh him and she's like okay no i'm hanging up the phone now yeah like she just didn't want to uh deal with it which i mean i kind of don't blame her in a way because it's like she already has this majorly stressful day right and then it's like this woman that she just met for the first time that morning is holding her kid i was like that's a little weird uh but for the end of the episode uh, we get Wesley assuring Angela that Charlie's not even in her league. And Angela's like, I know it's just every, you know, just everything else uh, has been a lot for her lately. And then Charlie comes to their door and says that a messenger delivered this heart shaped box. There's no card, but it's clearly from Elijah Stone. And inside is dead roses with cockroaches crawling on them. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Just, no. So gross. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Elijah is just... He finds a way to, like, outdo himself, honestly. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I thought, literally, though, this is... See, this is how ridiculous I am. I thought... um. Well, this is what I get for watching Big Sky about this, like, whatever. Um, I literally thought there was going to be, like, a heart inside. Like, a, like, human heart or something. Like, inside the box. So. I know. I was thinking way worse than cockroaches. Yeah. I was thinking body part of some kind. Because then Angela was like, oh, it's an appropriate gift. And I'm like, what is she talking about? And they kept, like, on Sean and Alyssa for, like, few more seconds so i was like oh they're not gonna show us mm-hmm. and i was like oh no it's dead flowers and bugs ew <laughs> yeah yeah but um that's uh <laughs> what the episode ends on so yeah that was i almost feel rookie. like this episode and feds like they could have been switched for last week's episode to like make it more like cohesive streamlined like consistent you know like i mean i get it that they'd already released the episode descriptions and the dates and all that but i i feel like it could have been flipped and it wouldn't have been like a bad thing because these storylines didn't really have anything to do with next week i guess besides for the heart-shaped gift Mm -hmm. but Yeah. yeah so 
Um, we do have some listener thoughts for the rookie. Um, M had said these, the episode definitely had a lot going on, but they were great. Uh, Chenford broke my brain. So I don't know how to form thoughts right now. Literally same. Like, I mean, like I said, I knew that it would happen. And I knew that like, you know, they're in a relationship now. Like, yeah, they're doing like couple things, but like, I wasn't expecting to see it. So, um, and then I'm also said, wonder if Lucy's going to get serious with UC since Noah said she was the most talented cop in UC school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she pulls off any UC case or like moment that she has. So I would love to mm-hmm. see that. Um, and then I'm also said, we need to know more about Selena's sister soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just need to keep Selena. Like at this point, mm-hmm. just bring her on as a regular, please. Yeah. Well, now that we know, now that we have the episode description yeah, uh, for next week. So it looks like we will get to know more about Selena's sister soon. Yeah. Uh, so Valerie had said it was a good episode. There was a lot going on, but they kept it from being confusing. Nice to see uh, Felicia Day back. I think they missed an opportunity for a funny or snarky comment between her and Tim, though. Oh, right. Because he, wow, I didn't even, okay. Yeah. Because he was like, they last saw each other. He was almost dying <laughs> from yeah. the virus. And then, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wait, I did not put that together until just now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and Valerie said, I poked around a sarin plant after we bombed it in Iraq. Pretty surreal place. Oh, whoa. They're like actual like locations dedicated to this dangerous gas. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Wow. um rosa had said i loved the couple's fights all around i loved the details in the cases i wish that it was more like castle and deeply solve one disaster at a time i wish we could get more intimacy between the couples too yeah i kind of wish that it was more like castle like focus on one case and then give us like maybe the personal stuff Mm. But then it, I don't know. That's that's what makes all these shows so different, right? Because they focus on different things, you know. Like mm-hmm. Chicago PD does get into the one case and like they go heavy on that. Like nine one one, they focus on like well, it's a fire show, but they also have cops in there, so they have you know dispatch. But like I don't know, the rookie's more like comedic and has just chaos going on at all times, so it mm-hmm. kind of fits for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonnie had said Chenford brain rot that is all fair yep. enough pretty much <laughs> yeah. pretty much um, Blessed Turtle said it was nice to see Dr. Morgan again glad to see she's still as witty and charming as the last time she was around I was happy to see Thorsten and Harper together again it's always comedy gold whenever those two are together that death where Thorsten got when he rightfully called Harper out on not being a very good daughter-in-law was hilarious. I missed seeing those two together. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen them together, like working on cases, but it's different because they're not like driving together. So yeah. Um, and then 
they also said Lopez was also a good source of laughter for me with the constant stink face she had over their new security consultant. Same. But I also feel like that's just very typical of them. Like Wesley's like, yeah, I don't care. I'll spend the money on this, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And Angela, because she's grown up more frugal or whatever, she's just kind of like, we do not need the money for that. Like, it's fine. We don't need to go to these lengths or whatever. Um, Bless Turtle also said both Balin and Chenford had their first fights as couples and I couldn't help but find them cute. I tried so hard to take them seriously, but then something would happen that would put a smile on my face and make me forget that they're technically fighting. Yeah. Well, Balin's was just random, like I said, but like Chenford's is cute because Lucy was just being her usual sunshiny self and Tim just seemed like he was kind of like shutting down more. So Mm -hmm. it was good. Um, and then Bless Turtle said, like, when Lucy impotently tried to deny putting her thumb on the scale to get 10 to Metro and just immediately folding once he gave her that exasperated T.O. look, she did stand her ground, though, in the end, and I loved that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then they also said, I kind of wish Chunford's fight had been a little more heated, but I'm still satisfied with what we got. Yeah, I think for their first fight, it was good that it wasn't that heated, you know? Mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah that's kind of it that we have almost in our thoughts for the rookie the rookie was good I feel like it was a solid episode mm-hmm. and it it kind of teed us up for next week with Elijah so that's good yeah but um we will go ahead and switch into the rookie feds now um so we'll start off with the casanova drug lord storyline so simone's like on a date with this man she's undercover and playing along and just saying like he was just a clip made profile six weeks ago and now she's like sitting across from the love of her life she's like totally playing it up and brenson's sitting across the table like sitting at a table across the way serving as backup and brendan's like gosh she's laying it on thick and laura's ponytail number one was <laughs> amazing I need to see that more. Um, and she's like, oh, you know, men just love their compliments. Like, come on, don't <laughs> lie. You love yours. I know it wasn't canon for dinner, but I'm going to take it that they're sitting at a table together on Valentine's Day and that she just, like, told him that he loves compliments. Which like, he does. She, That's true. Yeah. But, like, he's kind of like Lucy with, like, a little praise kink, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, no. I was so mad that I totally missed it though, because I was literally looking down at my phone live tweeting <laughs> something and I like missed them actually sitting. I heard Laura say, like, oh, well, you men like your compliments. But like I didn't see them, so I'm gonna have to go back and like yeah. watch it. Oh, <laughs> like it's I mean it's not canon that they're like together together, obviously. But I'm like <laughs> so fun. But I'm like they're at a table. It's Valentine's Day. Yeah. I- yeah. I'm taking this and running with it. So um, the check comes, Simone says that she'll take it, and he elaborates into why he can't, like, pay for dinner. He's like, yeah, my enemies have tied up all my fortunes with their frivolous lawsuits, and, you know, as soon as I'm victorious, though, like, we'll go to Italy. And so Carter and Garza are, like, telling her that that's not, that she's doing good, but that's still not enough. Like, they need to get him on wire fraud, so that means that she has to ask for more money from his fake corporation, Um 
And so she plays along. She asks, he asks for 25,000 and he accepts it. And so then like, she's, she's like, okay, well you're actually under arrest. So like they try to get him, but then he ends up like going, he's on the run, begins to hijack a car. And then LAPD detective Naomi Voss shows up and she wants them to back off of her collar. Um, And so she's like on the phone with her captain after they arrest him and the captain just tells her that like she has to give up the case and she is not happy um she's worked for Hans to get close to this Casanova and he got on like she got onto this guy after like he conned a widow out of a hundred grand and found five other women that he scammed and so she's got files she's got interviews like this case should be hers so Garza tells her that the case takes priority, that their case t- takes priority, and she has to send over whatever research she has. So she like comes to the conclusion that they're not on to him for his romance scam, but something else. And so she's just like, okay, well, just do right by these women that he's conned. So then Simone like catches up to Naomi and apologizes for what happened. And Naomi just wants them, just wants to know that they got the clipmates Casanova for a good reason. So Simone's like, you didn't hear this from me, but we're after Tobias Kazan and, um, you know, like this could be connected. So Naomi seems like she understands and, or at least is putting together the pieces. And so when it asked, when it asked what it has to do with the Casanova, Simone just shares that Tobias tripled security and so it's been pretty impossible to get near him but they've been tracking his wife and she's also a Casanova victim and so Garza and Laura are like talking to Chase the Casanova aka Duncan like this dude's got two different names it was like hard to follow with all the different names um and they're just recapping like everything that he does and the lawyer's there she's like you know you don't have anything to stick that will sit but laura just reminds everyone in the room that he was caught conning one of the undercover agents um and so garza tells chase you know aka duncan that like they can prove that he conned multiple women but right now they only want to talk about core kazan and so he mentions the dangerous drug kingpin and that she's married to and apparently Cora told him that tobias was a businessman um and had his own company and so Garza like tells them that there's two options that he has. One, they can send him off to an American prison and he'll never get to go back to his homeland. Or he helps him get Cora's husband, Tobias, and he goes home like he's good. And the lawyer's like, or there's a third option. Like we fight this in court. Um, And Garza just brings up that it could trigger a fourth possible option and a more dangerous one where Tobias greenlights a hit on one of his clients for um messing around with his wife so there's just a bunch of different options and chase is like i'll help like what do you want me to do and so garza just gives him like this white trojan horse and he's like it's wi-fi hacker but you're gonna give it to cora as like a quote-unquote gift and so the goal is to get her to put this in the house that they're tapping like into their home network to like intercept all communications and so he has to make sure that Cora chooses Chase. So Chase is like, yeah, I'll call her and make it work to like see me, to see me. So Garza tells the team, you know, that like later on in the episode, he tells the team that 
they lost chase like he lost the two agents who were escorting him to his date with cora and he's in the wind so they have no clue where he's going and someone's like well detective naomi might know like she's been the one that's been following him for so long so the team meets with naomi at the boat slips and they say that there's been one being leased by one of chase's shell corporations so they approach the boat announce who they are and like they find him dead so now it's a mystery as to who killed him and like how it was done all that and why it was done so brendan shares that surveillance says um Cora didn't show up at the hotel that they were supposed to meet at and it's not proof that she went to the marina to kill him but she has fast track on her car which is like something for tolls and it says that she went to the marina less than two hours ago so like naomi asks if they would like her to interrogate and before garza can answer she's like i'll be at your office like (laughs) you'll see me when i when you get there like this woman is just sassy and she is taking no shit which i love it yeah well because then simone was like and you complained about me Uh (laughs) uh-huh like she's like naomi is so much worse yeah it was so good um which i mean i'll allude like i'll get to it later but i hope that we do get to see her again Mm -hmm. and like not just for the storyline that they set up but like for other things too because it was cool it was nice to see like a different LAPD detective, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that I don't love seeing Angela and Nyla, but... Oh. So they have Cora, and she's like, I'm not giving a new dirt on Tobias. So they tell her that they know about Chase and that they that he contacted her earlier for a hookup, and they found him dead. And she's like, you know, she's kind of shocked by it or whatever. And so she wants a lawyer, but Garza tells her that Tobias will find out about the affair, and that won't be good. So... Her best bet is basically come clean with the feds and, you know, everything will be maybe not fine, but like a little bit better. And so she reiterates that she didn't kill him, that the rendezvous like was planned, but then shortly changed, like changed shortly after. And apparently Chase called her from like a new number, which she thought was odd and said that he was in trouble. So like she needed to meet him at the marina And she claims that Duncan, like, wanted to sail away with her. She ends up knowing his real name. So, like, she knew everything from the get-go. Like, she busted him on the first date. She knew what he was doing. And she still gave him money. Um, And she's like, well, burning Tobias's money was almost as satisfying as sex with, like, her and Duncan. And she's like, you know, we were in love. Like, um, you know, there was nothing there stopping her. Um, and so Naomi, Simone, and Carter are like hearing all of this and they just can't believe that like she knew all of this. And so Simone's like wondering how Naomi knows Chase's line. And she's like, well, even a con man can fall in love, but he loves the scam. And so Simone plays devil's advocate saying like if Chase didn't have real feelings for her, like he wouldn't have given her the Trojan horse gift and walked away with it. Um and walked away but he didn't and so they start like bickering about who's right and carter just like comes in between both of them like literally and figuratively and it's just yeah. like stop i'm trying to listen here like the man was just he was a whole mood <laughs> so yeah. um i mean he's always a mood when he's like dealing with simone but 
So we go back to Cora, Garza, and Laura. Um, and Cora's like, well, I never met up with Duncan at the marina. And so she's like, I don't care what you believe, but, you know, what Duncan and I had was real. And so she wanted to go with him, but, like, her daughter needs her. So she was basically going to the marina to say goodbye. So Tobias is waiting for Cora in the lobby. He confronts Garza, which Laura also gets in on. And Laura's just like, if you assault a peace officer, like, you'll be in handcuffs. So Tobias just, like, all but friends pushing back. Um, And Garza just wants the team to look into both Cora and Tobias's alibis because... If he knew about the cheating, Tobias could have done this and Garza doesn't put it past him. So Cora and Tobias are talking in the car and, you know, he thinks that they were talking about his business, but he ends up coming to the conclusion that it was about her boyfriend. Um, And he's just like, yeah, you're not as clever as you think. So just as about, just about, just as she's about to ask if he killed Duncan, they get a call from Elise. And so we find out that Malanoche found out that she's his daughter and they're threatening her. Um, and he has people on the inside that like can protect her, but Malanoche runs the prison. And so she tells them that they want his business or he's dead. And so then like he then threatens the prisoner on the phone with him, like after his daughter's just like kicked to the ground. Um, and you know, he's like, oh, I'll kill, like, everyone that you love, and like, yeah, that's a solid plan to threaten a prison member when your daughter is, like, getting beat up by them. It's a solid plan, but, okay. So, uh, like, this is kind of just, like, a like, part of the other storyline, but as Brendan's about to leave from talking with Antoinette, like, they have a hit on some fingerprints, and it's, um, tied to Hans Becker, who is in the system with German intelligence. And so he's suspected of multiple murders for hire across Europe. Um, and he's just an assassin who like landed late last night in LAX and happened to end up on Chase's yacht because what are the odds? And so all of his, like, they find out that all of his recent marks like have deep pockets and with a betrayal like that, Naomi wouldn't put it past anyone to want revenge on Chase. Um, and so Laura's sure that Tobias wouldn't waste any money on this, but like Cora didn't have time to bring Chase in and Cora and Tobias could even be like working together on this. And so Hans could be like on his way back to Germany at this point. So Garz is like, I'll put out a bolo, but you know, uh, go and enjoy Valentine's just stay by your phones. So Naomi and Simone are kind of like vibing, like at the end, uh, they, both don't have plans for Valentine's, but Simone like gives her a recommendation for a taco truck. And so that's where we kind of like leave off with them. But then we go back to Garza, who's walking out from the gym and Tobias is there and he's wanting to make an offer. And so he wants Elise transferred to a different prison where his enemy can't reach him. And Tobias is like, I'll give myself up in return. So, the next day, like Garza tells the team about his surprise Valentine's date with Tobias, giving the rundown on the offer. And Carter's like, uh, Kazan's not the type to make this offer, but Garza's like, it's a sign of good faith because he passed along some intel about his drug suppliers and the Hellenic police arrested 30 people. So Tobias has already set up an in-person exchange, but you know, he'll give up the time and location. 
once they give him immunity and move Elise. And so Brinson is supposed to liaise with the Bureau of Prisons, making sure that Elise is under protective custody till the transfer while Naomi calls Simone and like gives them an update on Hans Becker. Um, and he's en route to the station, which like she's definitely at a middle sure station. Definitely is. Um, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, they can they can go back and forth between the sets, but so Garza like starts to tell her that like he should be on the way to the bureau since it's the federal case, and she's like, it's a courtesy call more than I got, and she just like hangs up. So Simone and Carter are over at the station to see what they can get out of Hans. Well, then, while the interrogation is going on, like they just want to know how much Hans was paid to kill Chase. And he's like, yeah, I've never been charged for all of these things I'm suspected of. I'm a conflict resolution specialist and was hired by Victoria Wagner, um, who was one of the women conned. And so he, he just reiterates that he did not kill Duncan. He found him like that. And so, like, they kind of leave him in the interrogation room, and they are looking through Hans's text from Victoria, and turns out that Naomi can read German. And so there's another text from Victoria that comes through saying Hans lied about Chase being dead, and he contacted her for more money. So they deduce that he must have had a partner and someone is posing with him, and so or posing as him. So Simone just tells Garza that like they want to catfish the catfisher. And so Garza's like, I'm game for now. Like, go, go do your thing. And so Naomi and Simone are staking out the office, like from the exterior, and Carter's inside, like as a plant guy. And um they're like, well, it's obvious that the partner is a killer, is the killer, but like, why turn on Chase? The ladies start bickering again, and um, so Naomi thinks it was all business. Simone doesn't. Like, they're clearly on different sides. And so Carter's like, well, he had a sophisticated operation. They had to know how to move money internationally and open shell corporations. And so just as Carter, like, finishes saying that, Simone sees Chase's lawyer, and she's like, well, it's the lawyer, duh. Like, she's here, and she makes the most sense. So... As soon as she picks up the envelope down Lupin, well, when she goes to like open the door, she looks back in the glass and she sees Simone and Naomi. And so they've been made, she like runs in, gets cornered by Carter and then like um, blocked by Simone and Naomi. And so we go back over to Tobias and Garza. They're looking over the deal. Tobias is like, yeah, everything seems to be in order. And even, like, engages in a little self-pity. And Garz is just like, no, that's karma. Like, you know, I'm not playing this game. So Tobias signs the deal, gives the time and location of the meet. Garz is like, great. Um, you know, you're not going anywhere. And so he meets back up with Carter and Simone, who tell him that the Clipmates Casanova case has been closed. And so they take they let Naomi take the color because, honestly, she earned it. And it was her case in the beginning. Um so Garza tells them that they need to have Elisa's statement before the marshals transfer her. And he's like, Simone, I want you to like do it because you got her to open up the last time. So Brenson and Garza are like going over to Tobias's cookhouse for the meet. And as Simone and Carter are talking to Elise, she's like, yeah, I'm surprised that this is happening. And they're like, what do you mean? Your dad set this all up. 
And she's like, really? Because he wouldn't give up his business uh, for anyone, even me. So they call Garza. They tell him that they're basically being played. um, And they, like, Brenton and Garza have to basically disarm a bomb and um, just kind of stay, like, stay alert for this scene uh, or for this meet, obviously. And so... Someone's like, well, that that's perfect way to get rid of all of your enemies. Like they're all in the same place at the same time. And it's a meth lab. So like the one explosive can take them all out. So once they like disarm the bomb, they take care of the scene. Garza like goes back and storms back into the interrogation room. Um, and he calls off the deal. And so Tobias is like, well, we both know that you're too much of a nice guy to like leave my daughter in the lion's den. And so he asks Tobias if he's willing to risk his daughter's life for this. And Tobias is like, well, my daughter pretty much like made her bed and now she has to lie in it. And so they call in Cora to think that there's more to Tobias's operation and think that she like knows all about it. And she's like, yeah, I did, but you know, I'm not going to help put Tobias away for good. And so she says that like, she knows that he's not a good man, but Elise needs her dad in her life and then you know she just doesn't want to destroy her family so she even so garza even shares a recording um of tobias saying that like elise made her choices and now she's on her own and she is kind of taken aback by it but yet she's also kind of like not surprised um so Cora is gonna stay with tobias even though he's a complete monster and she has to for elise um so that's kind of like where we left off with that but yeah, I mean, I th- I think it was just like a good end to the Tobias Kazan stuff. I honestly kind of forgot about that storyline until the preview or until the recap. But yeah, um, I did not recognize that it was him in the pre- in the promo mm-hmm. from last week. So yeah, yeah. Um, but now we'll get to the more like fun storylines because it was all the ships. Um, and we had Simone's new connection slash her romance, which, okay, going into this episode, like we were like 30 minutes in or whatever. And I was like, okay, where's this happening at? Because I don't see it. And I thought it was a misdirect from the episode description, like thinking, oh, well, it's her UC moment. But then we ended up getting it. So Simone sees Naomi at the taco truck and, uh, you know, she thinks that she's on a date because she's like on the phone or whatever. And so she shares that it was just her mom that she was on the phone with. And that's why she moved down to LA, like to just help take care of her. And Simone like invites her to have a drink while they wait for their food. And so they're talking about past relationships, like who they're into. And Naomi shares that she was with her girlfriend for two years, but after she transferred, they broke up. So Simone's like, I don't really have an excuse as to why I'm single. Like you would think my odds would be better dating both women and men. Um, And Naomi asks if she's ever dated anyone in law enforcement and says that no one else like understands the demands of the job. And Simone's like, no, I'd rather just date a civilian. Like I don't want to be in that headspace when I get home. And so Naomi's just like, well, get used to being alone then. And the running thing between them is like, Naomi is the one that hates love. She just is very negative. And Simona is very positive, loves love. Like, um, they're just complete polar opposites. 
And so Naomi tells Simone that like she comes from a cop family and everyone's still together. Like she's seen at work. Um, so at the end of the episode, Simone like shares an update on the Casanova case with Naomi and, uh, you know, it's all about like the Kazans and stuff. And so, um, she says that Garza invoked the power of a federal, of the federal government and here in like abroad to seize all of Aubrey Evans assets. So the women that her and Chase Conn will get restitution and Naomi just gives the feds props for how they handled the case, but like the jury's still out on LA. Like the banter between them is cute. Like I I liked it. Um, and so Simone just points out that sunsets in LA are great and gets Naomi to admit that the tacos from the taco truck were good. So then Naomi like invites Simone out to a new food spot that she's heard of. And I didn't really get this because then Naomi was like, well, we'll have to do a rain check because I actually have to go home. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, okay, well then why bring it up? But bringing it up just means that we will get a follow-up to it. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But, and I liked how Naomi like takes care of her mom. Simone like lives with her dad. Like, you know, they kind of, they're taking care of their older parents, which I love. So. Mm-hmm. I just love how Na- uh, Naomi's nickname was Negative Naomi. I was like, yeah. it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were good, funny moments in this too, because when they were bickering, staking out the office, they had mentioned like the view. And he was like, oh, you guys sound like Joy and, or maybe, maybe he didn't even mention names on the view. And then she was like, yeah, whatever, whoopee or whatever. It was just funny. It was funny to see. Mm-hmm. So we have a little bit on Brendan and Antoinette. Um, he, this is like all their Valentine's Day stuff. And so he shares in the elevator that Antoinette doesn't really like Valentine's Day. So he's like, you know, that's cool. Like, I don't really care either. Um, and he's just trying to play it off. But Sunshine Brendan knows that Antoinette doesn't care about Valentine's Day. But like, he got her a card anyway, because how do you not? And so you can tell that like she really does care about it and she wants them to put in a little more effort because of course he knows that she doesn't really like it. So he's like, I'm not going to put in more effort than I need to. And so he shares that they do have plans for the night, but like it's nothing big. And so he, he even sees flowers near her workstation and he asks if she has a secret admirer, but she's like, no, that's from Jackie's husband. Like, you know, he likes to send a bunch of things throughout the day. And so Brendan's just like, well, that's a big waste of money. Like, you're just going to throw it away two days later. And again, like, you can tell that Antoinette wants him to try harder. But she's kind of, like, regretting that she said, like, oh, I don't really like Valentine's Day. Um, So they're talking about their plans. Their plans are, like, fluid because they just keep changing throughout the day. Which I felt like was very Brendan Akers for some reason um yeah. but he's just like yeah you know the ramen place that i was going to take you to is now out um and i was thinking maybe like we could do a drive through and like get some food on the way to my place she's like yeah fast food sounds great i'm like no no at <laughs> least get takeout from somewhere like not just fast food on valentine's day brendan come on you're fed too <laughs> you make good money but um yeah, it was funny. And so you can just tell that she's like cringing on the inside, which like I would be too. But 
Antoinette comes out and she's like, you know, I'm ready. Let's go. And Brendan's like, uh, no fast food. What about a cauliflower pizza? And she's like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, you know, whatever. And he's just like, I see right through you. Like you love Valentine's Day. You want to celebrate it. And Brendan's like, and I love it too. Like we can, we can celebrate it. And he's like, I planned, uh, and this huge thing and like we're going we I run at a house in Malibu like there's a chef making a five course dinner and like we're gonna walk the beach get massages sit by the fire until the sun comes up and Antoinette th- these two are like so flirty and I literally mm-hmm. I love it so much she's like so what happens between sitting by the fire and the sun coming up and Brendan's like I'll leave that up to you between Bre- between Brendan and Antoinette and Chenford's flirting, I was literally gone. I was gone. <laughs> yeah, so, I just thought it was so cute because, like, I I figured like since Brendan's so sunshiny, like he has to like Valentine's Day. So like right? I was think I was thinking like, okay, he's trying so hard to like not let on that he actually yeah. does have something major planned for yeah. them. But it was so cute. Oh my gosh. But the way that he just like kept changing the plans, I was like, <laughs> okay. But I think he just said to like keep her on her toes. Um, yeah. So Simone, like, it's further in the episode, and you know they're like all back to work after Valentine's Day, and Simone asks Brendan like last how his was, and he's just like, it just ended like an hour ago, and he just says that like so proud of himself, and I'm like, oh my god, this man's literally the cutest thing ever. Oh yeah, and then Garza came in. He's like, "Okay, you're gonna need a double espresso." Then, yeah. <laughs> like, go. <laughs> and Brendan's just all thrown off. Like, oh wait, boss is here. Like, I can't be talking about like my personal. <laughs> so funny. So Brendan like meets up with Antoinette at the end of the second day, and you know they're just so cute. She's like, "It's my turn now." Like, I bought t- the last two tickets for a film showing at midnight, and he's just like sounds great but like can we just fall asleep and stream it at your house instead and she's like oh my gosh I was hoping you would ask that because they're running on no sleep because like their valentines was pretty great so yeah yeah oh my god they're just they're so cute like if we can't have Brenton which like you know we weren't really hoping for it but like we're not against it then I will gladly take Brendan and Antoinette. I know they're so cute. I was like dying. I was like, oh my God, that date is the cutest thing I've ever heard. I know. I wish we kind of got to see some of it, but you know, whatever. Not bitter. (laughs) But yeah. So um, then we have Carter and Fortune, which they're still ironing out the kinks in this relationship. You know, they're Mm -hmm. still ironing it out, but. Carter in the elevator is like, you know, am I supposed to do anything for fortune? Like we've only went out a few times and everyone gives him a look and he's just like, really? Like I have to. And he's just like, being married on Valentine's Day was a lot easier. Like my ex will lay out all the rules a week before, Um, which I can totally see that happening. And Carter just being like, sure, I'll, I'll follow them. Um, but Carter gets a re- gets a call from the restaurant that he made a reservation for um a year ago and needs to cancel it, but it's non-refundable. And so it turns out that last Valentine's Day he like messed up with that one like really bad. So he wanted to plan ahead, hence making the reservations for Valentine's the following year. 
And it's so exclusive that he had to pay prepay the $500 before. It reminded me of Chenford's first date before they were actually canon. That was like a double date with Ashley and Chris. Where it was like very exclusive. They had to have an invite only. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, and so Simone's like, well, you can invite Fortune and go to dinner there. Like, you know, why not? You already have the reservation. And Carter's like, I still think that's too much too soon. They're barely dating, but Simone's like, it's a great idea and you can lock it in. Like, why not? Yeah. So later enough, so Laura's like walking back into the bullpen and sees Brent- Brendan like holding a gift. Um, and she's like, oh, is that from Atlas? But Brendan just like, you know, holds it away from her so quick. I totally missed this on the first watch too. <laughs> See, that was the one part I caught because he was like, no, it's not for you. And I'm like, wow, okay. And so it turns out that it's for Carter from Fortune and it's just like a box of candy and like a card. And so he calls her and invites her to dinner. Um, and she's like, yeah, I'll try to get someone to cover and it, you know, it's a date or whatever. And she's like, but it's Valentine's like, how do you, how can you do this? And he's like, I actually have someone that I know at this mm-hmm. place. And so it was just kind of like, Carter, what are you doing here? Like, you should just tell her the truth, but also like, I kind of get it. Um, but his smile after they hung up was great. Like this man is smitten. He is smitten. Um, so Carter and Fortune like arrive at the restaurant and they see Evelyn, um, who says that the reservation was gifted to her. So she wants it. Um, And it's just awkward. Like they argue (laughs) and they bring up their son. Like it's just very awkward. Mm -hmm. So Carter and Fortune like have a conversation in the car. And she's like, you know, I don't think you're ready to date yet. Like you're still kind of just working through things and we should just call it a night. And so when Simone's like asking how everyone's Valentine's was, she looks over to Carter and he just gives her a look and yeah, she's he like said absolutely nothing yeah and she's <laughs> like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna move on and it was just so funny like even even a look from him she's just like no i know that i'm not gonna overstep here um but then at the end of the episode carter shows up to the hospital with flowers for fortune and apologizes to her saying that he's not gonna hide anything else like he even starts sharing some truths with her and she's like, I'll give you another chance. And Carter and Fortune are happy. They've got they've got some more some more p- potential there. Um and then we have the last love storyline with Laura and Mark, which like okay, it's a crime that we didn't get to see Mark Atlas besides for a picture, but I know we'll see him next week. Yeah. I just hope that it's good. And I hope that she mentions a little bit of Valentine's Day. Like, oh, thanks for the gifts. Or like, oh, thanks for the flowers. I mean, obviously they already FaceTimed. So maybe she'll, maybe she already brought it up. But like, I need it to be canon, you know? I need to actually see it. Um, But, you know, Laura's a Valentine's Day cynic. Because why wouldn't she? Like this woman just is a cynic about a lot and so she's just like you know it's just another day of insincere overtures like that everyone continues to fall for and this is like when they're all in the elevator and so Simone's just like 
oh, I love it. Like, and I want to know who the flowers are for because the flower delivery guy is in there and she's like, you know, I'm so nosy or whatever. And so he's like, they're for someone named Dolores Stinton. And Laura turns around and the way that she got so excited about these and like started squealing and everything. Oh my God. It was, it was literally the most cutest thing ever. Like Laura Stinton was sunshine in that moment. And I hope that we get to see it again at some point. Um, but, you know, Atlas sent them and Laura's tune just instantly changes. And she's even excited that he remembered that marigolds are her birth month flower, which I looked it up because I didn't know it off the top of my head. And it's confirmed that she's an October baby. Because mm-hmm. that's the birth month or the birth fl- or the flower for the birth month. But when was the episode that brendan was trying to get her birthday gift because i was trying to look it up and i didn't see it in the episode description so i uh-huh. and i don't remember the episode i was like is it mapped out here like is it correct or like yeah. what what's going on here i know it was like in the very beginning wasn't it yeah i mean it was well it was um the seventh episode which aired november 15th but oh. if you count for when they like film, then yeah. you know, take six weeks from that maybe. So beginning I don't of know. October. I mean, she said that marigolds are her are the flower for her birth month. So which like only Laura Sensen would know that. Like let's be real. <laughs> I mean, and and think about that like a lot. Um, but and I know my birthstone but same yeah not flower yeah um but yeah so the team is like all at their desks when laura gets a text from mark to look in her desk drawer and it turns out that there's another gift there which is odd because she's the only one with the key to the drawer and she's like wondering how it got in there which okay i had to like go back and watch this and i was like brendan's face in this kind I feel it kind of gives it away, right? Oh, see, I didn't catch his face because he was—he was the only one that first spoke up and was like, "Not me." Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't do it. But then I was kind so, of waiting for him to look at Simone and be like, "Yeah, like I—I I did that." Yeah, and it know. was all proud of it, but yeah, I don't know. Well, because like, who else would Mark text and be like, "Can you like break yeah. this drawer for me?" Yeah, like they're buds. Of course, he would do that. <laughs> I thought that it was just Garza that had a drawer like that. But, I mean, it does make sense for all of the feds to have a drawer like that. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's, like, locked and you have to put in a coat or whatever to get to it. But, yeah, so it's um, a framed picture of them. And, I mean, it was, it was cute. I wonder, that's definitely, like, a behind-the-scenes picture that they've taken. <laughs> definitely. And I love when they do that, too. But yeah, so when Simone's like asking how everyone's Valentine's was, Laura's just like, yeah, Mark and I like FaceTimed all night. Like, and she's just so happy. I hope that it stays that way. <laughs> I really do. So I'm, like, wor- I'm like worried for next week. I'm like, oh, they had a nice Valentine's Day. Let's not ruin it. <laughs> yeah. But you were worried about Brendan and Antoinette and Carter and Fortune and they were yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, I was just worried. I was. I knew that like Car- I thought Carter and Fortune were gonna be okay. Just the pushing the limits with like Brendan and with Brendan and Antoinette, I was worried about because I was like that sounds yeah. like a negative connotation. So, <sighs> but everyone's okay for now. 
mm-hmm. I don't know. I literally, though, when she said FaceTime, all I think about was the um, comment that Brendan made from, like, I don't know, like, a few episodes ago or whatever, that, like, the phone sex isn't as good as IRL. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know why my mind went there, but I was just like, why? No. <laughs> well, because they were talking about that. So, Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, they're long distance. Like they have yeah. to, I don't know, talk and communicate some way. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. So <laughs> that's hilarious that you did. I don't know. I swear. They just, oh my God. And last week, Carrie was like, Jennifer, why would you, you know, say that they could have like joined the mile hike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. Oh my God. Our brains are in the gutter. Okay, well, to be fair, it is, like, after a Chunford brain rot. So we're just thinking, like, all these things right here, so. But listen, it's not my fault that they put that line in there from a few episodes ago, okay? like No. (laughs) Hey, the continuity. Honestly, it's the continuity for me. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's about it for Rookie Feds. We don't have any listener thoughts, which is cool, but yeah I don't know I just I love where the rookie fence is going and I we haven't heard anything about them getting picked up like for season two I mean even the rookie getting picked up for season six and like we had said earlier Eric had talked about them filming like the last few episodes so hopefully the renewal news comes out it does seem like a little bit early still but well yeah i was like it's not even march yet like i yeah i wasn't like expecting anything i just know that people are you know renew the rookie already like i'm just impatient yeah like i just want to know plus like these shows have become my comfort shows this last year so i know i oh my gosh yeah i I just want to know yeah i have no doubt about the rookie but i don't know like anything can happen really with these networks we've seen it before i mean look so cw like takes away all of their shows so so true like there was one show i watched like nashville was on abc for four seasons and then it literally got canceled even mm-hmm. though they had great ratings for yeah. season four and then cmt picked it up for five and six so yeah that'd be one of those things where yeah. they get, i don't know i mean i know show some shows have been shopped around like magnum pi was saved by nbc Uh right so yeah it happens yeah i don't know i just i'm impatient and i just want to know that my shows are safe and (laughs) gonna be picked up so yeah yeah also i just want like more of my favorite characters i mean selfishly so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah so but i think that wraps up this episode um yeah you guys can find us on twitter at the shop talk pod underscore or email us at shop talk the rookie podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts you can find us individually on twitter as well i'm at jstark804 and i'm at carrie hyman and we're also on tiktok at the shop talk podcast underscore um if you liked this episode of shop talk please leave us a rating and review it really helps out the podcast and helps other fans find us Um, And we'll be back next week with a new episode talking about the rookie and rookie fence crossover and Mm -hmm. Elijah 
just doing the most to torture Lopez. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm ready, but I'm also not ready. So, yeah. Yeah. But we'll be back next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.